0: Are you working? What kind of work
1: do you do? You're listening to The Edge with Aaron Karolnik. Right, what is it you want to do when you grow up? Giving you the expert advantage in the world of gambling and fantasy.
0: All right, we are rocking and rolling here on this Tuesday evening on The Edge. My name is Aaron Karolnik, joined by... Al's brother, as always, and we have quite the show for you this evening, of course. We are breaking down the conference championship games going on Sunday, and man, Al's brother, what I need right now. You know in the Adam Sandler movie, Click, when he can kind of flash through time and just skip ahead to the parts of life he doesn't want to see, and in the end he basically skips his whole life, doesn't see his kids grow up, he's miserable and everything like that? I mean, I'd like to skip ahead to Sunday. I might want to skip ahead to maybe May or June of 2021 as well, but I cannot wait for these games. How are you feeling?
2: I'm excited, man. These are amazing matchups, too. Like, you got the old guard in Brady versus Rodgers, and then you got the new up-and-comers with Allen versus, hopefully, Mahomes. Like, even as somebody, you know, most people in our market do want the Bills to to win. Like, there's a very highly populated uh, Bills fan base here in this market, but how can you not want to see Mahomes versus Allen and really get a good measure of how good this Bills team is? It's going to be great football if that's the case.
0: Yeah, it would take so much of the buzz out of that game if Chad Henney strolls out there after on the opening kickoff and, uh, I mean, I think Mahomes will be out there. All indications from Kansas City, all the reporters there, seem to believe that it wasn't necessarily a concussion. It was more of a, like a neck tweak. Some muscle in his neck was tweaked to the point where he was almost like choked out by Mac Wilson, the linebacker uh, for the Cleveland Browns. So I think you're going to see Mahomes out there, and so does Vegas, as the Chiefs are three-point favorites as of this very moment. The Packers opened as four-point favorites over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But that's been bet down to three and a half. And Al's brother, let's play hypothetical Tuesday. If Mahomes weren't to play, and, and again, I, I think it's a it's a near certainty that he will be out there on Sunday. That's worth, I would say, nine points going from Mahomes to Henny. Are you in the same ballpark as me on that one?
2: I don't know if I'm willing to go as high as nine. I'm more comfortable probably betting it to around six and a half, seven I would say just because I think that, you know, Buffalo's defense, although they played exceptionally well against Baltimore, you know, in the past, you know, few weeks and this season really as a whole, they haven't been amazing. And although I don't really believe in Chad Henney, they do have guys who are game breakers like Travis Kelsey, like Tyree Kill that yeah. still can probably do something. I mean, they incorporate Tyree Kill in the running game quite a bit with those Enderons. And I assume that they would just, you know, doctor up a whole bunch of, of, you know, plays that will cater to Chad Henney and, and they'll still be able to get some offense going. So I would probably still keep it to within, uh, within roughly a touchdown, at least a single point digit.
0: Well, assuming Mahomes does play, and we, are, for the rest of this program, we're working on the assumption that Mahomes will be out there on Sunday. The conference championship games will be represented by this year's best quarterbacks. And it would be the second time in NFL history that all four conference championship quarterbacks ranked top five in pass touchdowns during the regular season. The other was in 1992 when Hall of Famers Steve Young, Dan Marino, Jim Kelly, and Troy Aikman made up the field. That's pretty crazy to think that in nineteen ninety two that happened, and I think there is a very realistic chance. I mean, we know Rodgers and Brady and Mahomes are Hall of Famers. Will Josh Allen be a Hall of Famer? I suppose we'll we'll find out. But the way his career is trending, certainly appears to be the case. The odds to win the Super Bowl: Kansas City plus two hundred, Green Bay, Green Bay, I should say, plus two twenty, Buffalo plus three hundred. Tampa Bay plus 400, and so many people get caught up in those type of odds. Al's brother, let me just tell you: if you believe that Kansas City or Green Bay or Buffalo or Tampa Bay are going to win the Super Bowl, don't bet on them to win the Super Bowl today like that. Bet on them money line over the next two games; it will yield better results. That's how you have to play it. You will be get you'll be getting a better price. But a more fascinating thing that I like to look at is the exact outcome. What? will the outcome of the Super Bowl be? Which two teams will be playing in it, and which team will be the ultimate champion? The Chiefs beating the Packers is the most likely outcome at plus 350, followed by the Bills beating the Packers at plus 475. The Packers beating the Chiefs, the Packers beating the Bills, both go off at about plus 500, while the least likely outcome is the Buccaneers beating the Chiefs at plus 825. So that's where we stand with regards to the odds for the Super Bowl and the exact outcome of the Super Bowl. But let's focus in a little bit more on the matchup between Kansas City and Buffalo. And it is very much a tale of two teams going in exact opposite directions when it comes to gambling and betting and against-the-spread prognostications. Because Kansas City, in its last nine games, is 1-8 and eight against the spread. And their only cover was done by a half point. They have been a misery to bet on, which is extremely counter to how it's always been with Mahomes and the Chiefs. They cover, and they cover big. And that has not been the case this year. Meanwhile, the Buffalo Bills are on an 8-1 and streak against the spread. Their only loss, of course, against the spread was against the Colts in the opening round of the playoffs. How much do those trends factor into you, Al's brother? Because for me, it means a lot. And I truly believe Buffalo has a real shot, at not only covering but winning
2: outright and representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. I think that the, uh, I certainly also am, am riding the Bills fan wagon right now. But when it comes to you know the stat about how the Chiefs haven't been able to cover, they have been a very large favorite for a lot of these games. I don't, I can't remember the last time that I've seen them. Maybe the game against the Saints back. You know, weeks ago, where they were just a three-point favorite, right? Like, like uh, within a field goal, you don't see the Chiefs getting that, you know, small of of an opportunity. So, I I think that this lays into a small. uh, I don't know if I agree with it as much, just because of that reasoning. Like, even if they do win, odds are they could win within a field goal, and it could come down to a you know final moment where they just send, send out Butker and ends up winning it, and they could cover the game or at least get the push. Whereas before. When there's a larger spread, you're thinking, okay, they got to win by a touchdown like they they had against other teams, and I just don't see it going that far. So because it's a smaller spread, I don't know if I really believe that that matters that much.
0: Well, what's fascinating about these two matchups, and again, we're talking about Buffalo and Kansas City and Green Bay and Tampa Bay, is that both teams, both of these matchups were played in Week 6, and that's an oddity that I found to be very intriguing, considering what happened in those two games, between the... KC Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. If you recall, it was a Monday Monday nighter. It was wet, it was rainy, it was windy, it was cold, a miserable night. KC won 26 to 17. The Chiefs racked up a ton of yards on the ground. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who we expect to return for this game, racked up more than 150 yards rushing. Josh Allen had an awful, awful night, 122 yards, no TDs and a pick, and the Bills' offense was probably putting up their worst performance of the season. But this is a different beast for both Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs since that time. And, and weather, I mean, it always plays a factor in the playoffs. The, the weather in Kansas City expected to be decent on Sunday. But you talk about what the Buffalo Bills represent defensively for Kansas City. And Kansas City's number one weakness is defending the run they had the easiest run schedule in the national football league this year but just the 29th ranked run defense that says a lot to me cleveland was not able to exploit that deficiency as well as they should have last week for a number of reasons and buffalo's not going to be able to exploit it either because they ran the ball one time in the first half last week do you expect perhaps ryan dayball and company the offensive coordinator for the bills to alter the game
2: plan, maybe incorporate more Devin Singletary on the ground, or do you just keep rolling with what works? No, they didn't keep rolling with what works. Like We've seen all season long, no matter who they're playing against, that ball is in Josh Allen's hands. They know that Josh Allen is their best weapon out there, and they want to make allow him to make as many plays as possible. Dable has come out numerous times. I remember, uh, I think we were listening to uh, I think Sal Capaccio was on the station earlier this week, and he was talking about how earlier in the year they had, there was a game against the, the New York Jets where I think they ran the ball like three times, and then Dable was upset that they ran the ball three times because they planned on just having the, the ball in Josh Allen's hands, and I think that's going to be the case going forward, and if you want to compete with, with the Kansas City Chiefs, I really do think that this is going to end up being a shootout and if that's the case you've got to put the ball in Josh Allen's hands and he can move the ball forward because their running game really hasn't been that great and sure maybe the Chiefs haven't been too good when it comes to the running game they've been allowing uh quite a bit of of yardage there but I just you know Devin Singletary is much more effective when the passing game gets going early and we see the run game more so get developed into the third and fourth quarter for the Bills.
0: Yeah, and definitely it is safe to say that the Bills and their receiver group pose something significantly distinct from what the Chiefs were dealing with last week against the Cleveland Browns. And you're talking about injuries to the secondary for the Chiefs as well. Rashad Fenton and Bashad Breland are question marks. Um, one missing time with a foot injury, the other with a concussion. So the Chiefs can be in a tough spot defensively, and you think of what Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley, John Brown, who's healthy, and Gabriel Davis can do. It's going to be tough for the Chiefs to defend. You're looking at a over-under of 54 points, which is actually 3.5 points lower than last week between KC and Cleveland, a game that went under by a large margin. The over-under in Tampa Bay and Green Bay is 51 points. We're going to catch up with the Big E, Eric Cohen, our friend and TSN Edge contributor. Also, Luke Bellis will pop by a little bit later as well, another contributor to TSN Edge. That and so much more coming up. Right here on the edge, here on TSN 1050. All right, we're back here on the edge, right here on TSN 1050. And whenever you hear Tragically Hip leading into a segment, it means one thing and one thing only. We'll be joined by our man, the biggie, Eric Cohen, a contributor with TSN Edge. Good evening, my friend. What's happening? Well,
3: I can't wait till Sunday, Aaron, and it just feels like. With everything going on, I mean, Hey, come Monday, all I can say is uh, I can't wait till the weekend, and here it is Tuesday, and same boat. Can't wait till Sunday, can't wait till the games, because uh, definitely something to, to look forward to.
0: The biggie, before we get to the NFL and everything that happened over the weekend, everything that's going to happen on yeah. Sunday, we need to address the tw- a tweet from our friend Craig Button, TSN sure. Resident Scout and General Manager. He says you head up TSN Hockey Department of Player Safety. Can you explain <laughs> your role with that and what it entails?
3: Yeah, you know what? Um, until the pandemic hit in March, obviously, we were all actually in the studio together and in person, and we could actually, like, you know, be together without masks and everything else. Uh, Craig and I would go over any illegal checks, any headshots, anything that would happen on the ice that we thought would would warrant discipline, and, and we both would give our opinion on how many games. So, you know, it started a couple of years ago in the playoffs, obviously, those dirty uh Kadri hits in the Boston series and those back-to-back series uh Craig and I would look at them and, you know, he was generally a lot harsher than I was. I thought I thought especially Kadri's second hit uh, in the second Boston series might get him a game or two. He told me it's going to get him the rest of the series and he was right. And he was. uh, you know, pretty much for a few years now we Anything illegal, we we, we go over it together. We make our decision, and uh, I'll say this: Craig was usually a lot more accurate than I was. I was I was very lenient <laughs> in that department, and Craig uh, Craig doesn't put up with any BS. And he generally knew what these guys were going to get uh, pretty much as soon as the infraction happened.
0: Well, there won't be any supplemental discipline for the Cleveland Brown who took <laughs> down Patrick Mahomes over the weekend. I'm sure yeah. there's many in Kansas City who would love to see some supplemental discipline. We are working under the assumption on this show that that Patrick Mahomes is going to be under center for Kansas City. And I know you're a diehard Bills fan, Big E. How are you feeling about the Bills? They're three-point dogs in KC this weekend. Are you feeling optimistic, a little concerned? Run me through the gamut of emotions.
3: Sure. Well, first of all, as far as the hit, I know that Travis Kelsey and a few Chiefs were very vocal about it. Um, I, I personally did not think it was, a dirty hit that was trying to get Mahomes out of the game. I mean, Mahomes was already hobbled by the time that hit happened. He already was dealing with... He'd already been in the tent once to look at his toe. Um, He wasn't very mobile. I was surprised Andy Reid actually called that play for him uh, because it put him in danger uh, to to what what could happen. And and I, I did not think the Browns were malicious in the in the fact that I didn't think they were trying to knock him out of the game. Uh, so that's, you know, if we're talking about what Craig and I used to decide, those were the kind of things that we would talk about. And, uh, again, I'm showing my leniency here because I didn't think it was that dirty. Uh, as far as this week's game, I am very optimistic. I, I think the Buffalo Bills can win this game, whether it's Patrick Mahomes or whether it's Chad Henne under center. Obviously, it'll be a lot easier if it's Chad Henney, because I think 30% of Patrick Mahomes is better than Chad Henney, and I'm a Michigan guy, and I'm still saying that. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely feel like uh, Mahomes will be under center. I, I didn't think so initially when I saw the hit, knowing that how many concussion tests he would have to pass and knowing that it would be an independent test, not just from, like, a Chiefs team doctor, but based on, obviously, what Andy Reid said after the game, based on the fact Mahomes was tweeting, uh, right after the game ended, and uh, I would be shocked if Mahomes was not under center. So I think the line tells you that because if there was any thought that it would be Chad Henney starting, that line would probably be Bills minus four or Bills minus five. So yeah. I do say Mahomes starts, and I think the Bills can still win the football game. They uh, Right now, I, I have more, more faith in Buffalo's defense than what I do in Kansas City's defense. I think Buffalo has under, under Dable has figured out what they want to do offensively. You know, they completely abandoned the run against the Ravens. They saw how the Ravens uh, shut down Derrick Henry one week earlier and just had a, basically a game plan. Okay, well, we're just not going to hand the ball off at all, at all then. I think the Bills have shown over the last two and a half months that they understand what they need to do on offense. Josh Allen can pretty much do anything they're asking him to do. Uh, the win was terrible at at the Ralph last week, which is why that game was so low scoring. If it weren't for that, I'm sure that uh, you would have seen much better numbers than Allen. I don't think the weather will be like that at Arrowhead this week. And I, I, I feel like the Bills are very confident that they can win this football game and beat anybody. And Patrick Mahomes, let's face it, while he, I expect he'll play, he won't be 100%. I wouldn't expect him running very much. That takes away a big element of what he does. They still have, obviously, Kelsey. They still have Tyree Kill. They still have all the weapons. They might get Hilaire back, and they might get Watkins back, and we know what Kansas City has. But um, right now, I don't think anything scares the Buffalo Bills, including the Kansas City Chiefs.
0: If you look back to Week 6, and again, we're joined by Eric Cohen from TSN Edge. Here on the Edge, I'm Aaron Korolnik, Al's brother behind the glass. In Week 6, Kansas City won 26-17. And we remember that game. It was a Monday night. It was cold. It was wet. It was rainy. And it was basically the opposite of what both team, both of these teams, Buffalo and Kansas City, do so well. Kansas City was running all over the Bills and Josh Allen had 120 yards passing, no touchdowns, an interception. I don't know how much we could really take from that game, but Biggie, I want to focus on the running game for the Bills, which was not, which was beyond an afterthought. In their in the previous game, and you think about the one carry for Devin Singletary in the first half for the yeah. Bills, against the Chiefs, they might have to utilize the run because the Chiefs' weak point on defense is absolutely their run D. As I was telling Al's brother earlier in the show, they had the easiest schedule against the run in the NFL this year, but they were ranked 29th against the run. Do you expect Brian Dable to perhaps modify the way he operates and maybe lean a little bit more on the run game? Maybe not necessarily just through Singletary, but maybe Josh Allen gets involved as well.
3: You know, I thought they would run more against the Ravens because it was so windy. And, you know, those conditions are not conducive to the passing game, and the Bills kept throwing, despite the fact they weren't having that much success. So I, I see your point. But I, I just feel like the Bills feel... Like, their best chance to beat anybody is to have the ball in Josh Allen's hands. And, you know, I like Devin Singletary. He averaged almost five yards a carry last year when the Bills used to run the ball a lot more. But they've abandoned it. And I don't think that changes much this week. And I I, I see your point about the Chiefs' weakness against the run. But it's not like the Browns were, um, you know, just handing off to Chubb and, and Hunt. In fact, Kareem Hunt only got five or six carries in that game, right? They were still asking... Uh, they were still asking Baker Mayfield to to throw the ball, and really their their best drive was that drive where they ended up fumbling at the one. That was all Baker throwing the ball. So I, I feel like you'll you know they're going to let Josh cook. They they don't care what the other team's weakness is. They want to play to their strength, not play against the other team's weakness. And you're right, in the first matchup, you know, Clyde Edwards-Helaire rushed uh, for 161 yards. And the Bills literally could not stop the run, but that was their Achilles heel early this year was the run defense was atrocious. They really cleaned that up later. You saw against the Ravens, right? The Ravens have three guys that, that run the ball as, as well as anyone, including their quarterback Lamar Jackson and of course, you know, Edwards and Dobbins and the Bills gave up three points in that game. So they've cleaned up what their, what their weakness was earlier this year when they played the Chiefs week six when the Chiefs ran all over them. Because in that game, Mahomes only threw for 225 yards. So, you know, I I feel like the Bills are going to do what works for them. That's just the way they are. They don't really really care what the other team's defensive weakness is. So I would expect you'll still see Josh Allen out there flinging it around and do not expect the Bills to run much. I think they found when they were losing the games earlier this year, they were running on first and second down. And they weren't getting anywhere, right? That's that's what the Seahawks ended up doing the second half of the year, and you saw how, you know, their offensive numbers dipped. You know, when you have a quarterback like Russell Wilson or in this case Josh Allen, let the QB do his thing, and uh, I wouldn't expect much of a run game from Buffalo.
0: Well, there was one linebacker missing from the Bills lineup in that Week 6 matchup. Al's brother knows who I'm talking about. His favorite player, Matt Milano. Al's yeah, brother, we Milano's need to, yep. we needed we needed to mix in his name that is part of this show. Every single episode of The Edge, somehow Matt Milano's name comes up. I don't know how how it happens or why it does, but it always does. Let's Milano focus makes on
3: he plays against Lamar Jackson on Saturday. Oh, yeah. He's a big part of that defense.
0: Unbelievable cover linebacker. He yeah. he makes a lot of big plays. That's a very important part, and he really has changed that entire team's defensive philosophy in the second half. Let's quickly touch on the NFC Championship. The Green Bay Packers three and a half point favorites over the Bucks. I'll be completely transparent. I thought New Orleans was going to beat up on the Bucks last week, thanks to noodle arm Drew Brees. Unbelievable player. We wish him best in retirement, but thanks for nothing, Drew. Uh, the Bucks were able to triumph and advance to Tom Brady's 14th conference championship game. And let me just articulate how crazy that is. The next closest yeah. quarterback is six, Terry yeah. Bradshaw. Like It is unbelievable to think of the level of domination that Tom Brady has put on throughout his career. How do you view this line, Green Bay minus three and a half, and where is your early line, Biggie?
3: Yeah, let me just say this about Tom Brady. And obviously, I I, I got really sick of the narrative about, well, the reason why Tom Brady goes to every championship game is because he plays in a division with three bad teams, the Bills, the Jets, the Dolphins. You know, for all those years, those teams were not very good. But once you get to the playoffs, you still, you know, Tom Brady had to beat the Ravens, the Steelers, the Colts, when they were, you know, great with Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. Um, You know, Tom Brady beat a number of, of very good teams to get to 13 championship games with the Patriots. So when people try to take anything away from him, it, it pisses me off because it's, it's just, it's a terrible narrative to have. It doesn't matter what your division is. You still got to go win the games out of your division once you get to the playoffs. So give Tom Brady his due because going to 14 championship games is incredible. It, it really is. Especially when you consider that, you know, under James Winston, the Bucks weren't even a playoff team. You know, the guy was, throwing 30 interceptions, and now Tom Brady completely changed everything. Um, you know. So he deserves a ton of credit. 43 years old. Everyone says that Drew Brees, well, what do you expect out of Drew Brees? He's so old he can't throw the ball. Well, Tom Brady's older than Drew Brees, and Tom Brady's still not turning it over like Drew Brees was last week. And, and you know, Tom Brady's still able to throw down a field. going to be a really good game. I, I, um, I feel like the Packers will find a way to win at Lambeau. You look at Green Bay, and it's it's hard to really see any weakness. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is playing at a different level. I think their weakness is what we talked about earlier. It's obviously run defense, right? They're not very good against the run. But, you know, I don't think Tampa wants to just throw Fournette and Ronald Jones out there and give them both the ball 20 times. You know, they're going to want Tom Brady throwing. So, uh, you know, to me it's going to be really, really tough to beat. Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau, he's heard, he's heard everything about the fact he's only got one Super Bowl, about he's never hosted an NFC Championship game. The Packers were embarrassed last year when they played this game in San Francisco. Uh, I think everything lines up right now for Green Bay to win this game at home. But will I be surprised if Tom Brady finds a way? Absolutely not.
0: Biggie, let's get your pick because we're almost out of time. Who's in the Super Bowl, and we'll save your Super Bowl prediction for our official TSN Edge Super Bowl extravaganza, which is about two weeks away. Let's not spoil the party. But who will be playing in the Super Bowl? Who represents the AFC and who represents the NFC? We're
3: going to go Bills-Packers. I knew it. is, Is the Bills pick a homer pick? Absolutely. Because if I was not a Bills fan... I probably would not be taking Buffalo. Uh, but that being said, you know what? I think, they, I think they take advantage of a less than 100% Patrick Mahomes. So give me the Bills and the Packers, and let's circle the wagons.
0: Bills 8-1 and one against the spread in their last nine. The Chiefs 1-8 against the spread yep. in their last nine. So I like those trends, and I like your chances. And I like you, my friend. Thank you very much for doing this, as always, for us. And enjoy the rest of your evening.
3: Thanks, Aaron. Much appreciated. Enjoy the game Sunday.
0: All right, that is the Big E, Eric Cohen, one of the top NFL contributors and other sports for TSN Edge. Another of the top contributors, Luke Bellis, will join us next. And if you check out Luke on Twitter... He has a conundrum with a burrito that we need to delve into. We'll get into that and what's going on with the football games, his picks, and maybe mix in some UFC picks as well with McGregor in action on Saturday night. I'm Aaron Karolnik. You're listening to The Edge here on TSN 1050. can't step on this al's brother our dj take over here buddy why is this being played Setting in the mood for a man luke all right <laughs> all right back here on the edge that's the weekend he'll be playing at the super bowl halftime i don't know how that's gonna look but i can't wait for the super bowl i can't wait for the conference championships i can't wait to talk to our next guest luke bellis from tsn edge what's happening luke
1: aaron how you doing
0: Fantastic. Thank you. But the better question, my friend, is how are you doing? Because you had a little bit of an incident with a burrito over the weekend. I saw you tweeting about it, but I did not see the ultimate result. So you had one burrito that you think gave you food poisoning, but you were questioning whether or not to eat the second burrito. Did you eat the second burrito, and what was the result?
1: Um, So, uh, you know, I put up a Twitter poll after the first burrito was eaten, and um, it was a rough about a you know a four round battle with with the burrito at five a.m. later that night, and okay. uh, put a, spare put us up the a details, poll. please. <laughs> yeah, put put up, put up a poll the next day asking if I should eat burrito number two. The poll said yes. My girlfriend said no, so I obviously had to agree with the poll to to piss off uh, the wife nice. a little bit. But uh, <laughs> I'm very happy to report that burrito number two. Uh, was a smooth experience and I will be returning to that place probably next week, uh, by the, for, uh, when the football games come around because, you know, I, I can't watch football without my burritos, so.
0: Well, amen, brother, and uh, whatever routines you have, you know, you keep them going because you have been on fire along with the entirety of the TSN Edge crew when it comes to making picks, so let's dive into the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Green Bay Packers, a game that I can't wait for. I mean, I can't wait for both games this weekend, but this game features Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, and it features a rematch of Week 6, a game in which the Bucks absolutely destroyed the Packers, probably only the, the only blemish on Aaron Rodgers' immaculate season was that game in week six where through two picks his only multiple interception game this season through a pick six 38 to 10 do you take anything from that game into account this far into the season or do you throw that out as merely a one-off and you're back in the packers minus three and a half against tampa how are you looking at this one
1: yeah i think it's hard to look at the regular season result for this game considering what we just saw a couple days ago right we saw new orleans in the regular season um, have their way with Tampa in both games. You know, they made Brady uh, look out of place with a bunch of turnovers and, and a lot of pressure and, and two really convincing wins um, early in the season. And then you see by the time the playoffs come around, teams are, you know, you know Tampa's offense is rolling again, you know, different situations with quarterbacks and whatnot. So I think it's hard to just look at a game early in the season and go, well, we saw this in October um, or November, and, you know, this is going to, carry through to January. Um, so I, I do like Green Bay in this game. Um, I think Tampa was a big benefactor last week of the play of Drew Brees. Um, it looked pretty uh, pretty obvious to me pretty early in the game that New Orleans wasn't going to be able to move the ball a ton on Tampa. So, you know, they'd get down to the red zone and the drives would stall and they'd have to settle for field goals. And then ultimately, you know, Brees throws three picks. Uh, Jared Cook has that massive fumble. And Tampa wins a turnover battle 4 nothing. scores four touchdowns off those. Uh, the way that this Packers offense has been going, I, I don't see them turning the ball over multiple times, let alone four. And uh, I think that plays a big factor in the game.
0: I'm with you, Luke. And I think another aspect of this game that will be very fascinating to watch was when you saw the Saints, how they matched up against Mike Evans. Marshawn Lattimore was all over him all night, and it was yet again a repeat of what we've seen time and time again with that matchup. And then you talk about Jair Alexander, the top corner for Green Bay, who is the lockdown man, perhaps the best in the NFL. And I'm, I'm including Jalen Ramsey in that conversation. How Green Bay ultimately utilizes Alexander against the Bucks' top wideouts could go a long way in determining the result of this game. And let's move over to the AFC, because we talked about it with the Big E in the previous segment. He's a Bills fan. He's back in the Bills, plus the points against the Chiefs. And again, we're working under the assumption that Patrick Mahomes will be playing for Kansas City. When you see the Chiefs as three-point favorites against the Bills, and knowing that Kansas City has struggled so mightily covering spreads over the last ten weeks, while the Bills are on the exact opposite end of the spectrum, how does that affect the way you're handicapping this one?
1: Uh, well, I got I to gotta point out, first of all, that I, I am an Indianapolis Colts fan. So when I talk about the Bills now, people just assume that um, I'm, a, I'm a bitter fan who's upset about the playoff loss. And, okay. and frankly, those, those people are correct. Um, <laughs> but I, I think, I think Buffalo is a little fortunate. I, I can't believe I'm saying this. My The TSN.ca group chat is probably about to tear me apart. There's a lot of Bills fans in there. I think the Bills are kind of fortunate to be in this position. Um, I think had that Colts game been played 10 times, I think they the Bills probably only win it a couple uh, in between some questionable play calling and execution. And then even last week, you know, they get a big break with the weather against uh, the Ravens and just play a sloppy game. And, you know, even with as bad as Baltimore looked, they're right in it, a, you know, down a touchdown in the third quarter before Lamar throws that uh, 101 interception taken to the house. And in terms of Kansas City covering, um, I think Eric touched on it a bit in the, in the prior segment. You know, they've been big favorites in games, uh, down the stretch of the regular season. I think, uh, they've had a lot of double digit fourth quarter leads. You know, it's the regular season. It's week 11, week 12. You know, you're, you're not really as locked in as you are on defense, maybe if you're up a couple scores. And so those back doors open. Um, I went and took a look. Mahomes, you know, uh, he's Mahomes is Mahomes. If, you know we're gonna assume he's playing. When he plays playoff games, they they pretty much win them. Uh, he was a deep four hand away from going to the Super Bowl in his first playoff run. Uh, he's five and one straight up in the playoffs, and he's four and two against the spread. And even that four and two comes with a bit of an asterisk as they were up nine last week when he goes out. And again, it, you know ifs and buts were canning and nuts. Uh, if d four isn't offside, they win that game in cover. So if Mahomes is playing, I'm going to be backing him. And, you know, I think Bill's Mafia, like I said, I think they're a little fortunate to even be in this spot.
0: Luke Bellis from TSN Edge is our guest here on the Edge. And you mentioned the TSN.ca group chat. Shout out to TSN.ca. Are you an Overdrive listener, watcher, Luke?
1: Uh, from time to time, I I, I do my best to, to tune in.
0: All right. So you know the impact, the presence of Al's brother on Overdrive. It was re- it was revealed to me tonight that Al's brother is not included on the Overdrive text chain. That really angered me. Al's brother, how do you feel about this?
2: Yeah, I, was, uh, I mean it is what it is. <laughs> I'm still relatively new to the show compared to the other guys, and I'm not technically, I guess, part of it. So, dude, you're on national television more than James Duffy. What are you talking about? I mean, I
0: can't just invite myself. Yeah, uh, also, uh, Luke, we should note that Al's brother texted me saying that he also had a problem with a burrito that was similar to yours. Go ahead, Al's brother, take it away.
2: Well, there's a burrito joint actually by where you live, uh, where I, me and a buddy of mine ended up grabbing burritos the one night and the next day it didn't go so well. And I text him like, Hey, how you feeling today? And he's like, uh, ah, not too well. I'm like, me either, but he had left some behind and I doubled down and ate it for dinner that night anyway. <laughs>
0: Sounds about right. Sounds about right. See, you guys, you Luke, you and Al's brother have a lot in common. Doubling down on burritos and both Colts fans, kindred spirits at TSN. When the pandemic clears, you guys should link up and form uh, maybe a gambling hind, you know, some kind of hive mind. And I think that would be a very profitable venture for both of you and and for TSN. Uh Luke, we appreciate your time, my friend. Keep up the great work on TSN Edge. Keep churning out those winners. And we appreciate you joining us. We look forward to having you back for the TSN Edge Radio Extravaganza Super Bowl edition. I just made that name up on the spot, but it rings nicely.
1: Sounds good. Thanks for having me on, guys.
0: All right, buddy. That is Luke Bellis from TSN Edge. Uh, Which uh, which – burrito spa was that Al's brother because you're aware i live on king west just you can shout them out it's not very
2: complimentary so i can't really remember the name of the place but you know uh it's on queen actually right beside the pizza pizza Oh dude, you're going there? You gotta stay away from Queen and Bathurst. That's a that's a bad uh, that's a bad spot. Yeah, it didn't go well. But yeah. the best spot. <laughs> no. Uh the one right near Belfast and again. Boy, yeah, you it's Wilbur. Wil- Wilbur is the best. The best. <laughs> the best burritos I've ever had in my life. Anybody go check I, yeah. it Yeah. You no know, free bad but unreal. Yeah.
0: I have Wilbur every single week, sometimes twice, and I'm not ashamed to admit it because it is the class of King West delicacies. Okay, well maybe not the class, but it's a it's a fantastic place. And if anyone, you know, if, if basically if you don't live downtown these days, you're not going downtown. But if you live downtown or you're downtown for whatever reason, pop by Wilbur, quality spot. Anyways, that's enough to talk about Wilbur. We're going to come back and break down the latest odds in the North Division. And we saw your appearance on national TV yesterday, Oz brother. Your rankings, do they jive with how Vegas sees the North? We'll get into that next on the Edge. I can call you Wow Honestly, this song really... that makes me a little bit emotional because, of course, this is your entry song. I would have preferred if you played the, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin edition as well, as brother. But anyways, we're back here on the edge. Uh, Aaron Karolnik and Al's brother with you to wrap up the show. About eight minutes remaining in the program. So why don't we delve, <laughs> delve in to what happened on Overdrive? Was that yesterday? I can't even, the days yeah. all blend together. Yeah. That was, yesterday. that was last night where you ranked, you power ranked the North Division. I guess for basically the rest of the season, or is it for the current moment where we stand today?
2: It was more so for the current moment, and that's there was slight discrepancy on what exactly the power ranking was, but it was supposed to be for the current moment uh, and somewhat going forward. Uh, So there's, it was kind of a a convoluted, I guess, rankings.
0: (laughs) It was a fantastic segment, got a lot of buzz online, and a lot of messages went out to certain members of the TSN 1050 squad. Can't reveal anything else beyond that. But let's look how Vegas views the NHL's North Division. Not surprising the Toronto Maple Leafs are listed as the favorite. They were before the season and four games into the year. Nothing really would have changed as far as the perspective on that. The Leafs are plus 120, followed by the Montreal Canadiens at plus 325, the Calgary Flames plus 490, Edmonton is plus 666, now I can't talk, Vancouver plus 800, Winnipeg plus 900, Ottawa plus 3600, see you later. When it comes to your prognostications, Al's brother, where do you see value in betting the
2: north?: For me, I'm taking a look at Calgary actually like I, I think uh, you said you had it at what plus four eighty. Yes, sir. So I have one actually at plus four four nine or five ninety um, Ooh, on on one we, of we the don't books we don't that say that we don't
0: say that number on TSN ten fifty, brother. Right.
2: On. Okay. Right. But I do. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, I, so if if you can find it around that one, but either way, I think right now just looking what the Calgary Flames have been able to do and and the jolt that Jacob Markstrom has given them in net, they really do have a solidified person manning the pipes, and that's really been the the biggest downfall of that team for the past few years. You know they've had. Had elite, elite defenseman in Giordano, in Noah Hannafin. Uh, You know, up front they've got as good of a, a core four as anybody in Goudreau, Monahan, Kachuk, uh, Elias Lindholm is also a, an unbelievable talent as well. So I, I really do think that the Calgary Flames are, are going to be a team to be reckoned with going all the way through in the Canadian North Division. And if you can get you know above four hundred uh, on any whatever book you're looking at, I think that's a decent bet because I, I can see them certainly winning.
0: Yeah, there's there's a, there's definitely value there when it comes to Calgary. Montreal, I think, looks has looked awesome. I mean, they beat up on Edmonton twice, and it looks like Edmonton's might be finishing towards the bottom of the North. And yeah, uh, for all those who hold those McDavid and Drysital futures, whether it be on the Heart or the Rocket, you might be sweating a little bit. But let's shift our focus to the Calder Trophy odds at this point in the season. Again, we are just three, four, five games into this fifty-six game season. But one man has emerged, at least early on, as the favorite, the clear-cut favorite. Of course, I'm talking about Kiro Kaprizov with the Minnesota Wild, who's playing more than 20 minutes per night, has four points in three games, tons of power play time. He's the favorite at plus 170. I think that's pretty fair at this point. Do you think there's value on Lafreniere, Stutzla, maybe Shesterkin, or anyone further down the board, Al's brother?
2: I do, and and I think that, and I'm surprised that the value has shifted so much, the number has shifted so much here. But Alexi Lafreniere, when it comes to the Calder, he was a clear cut favorite to start the year. You could get him for around two fifty, three hundred uh, plus three hundred. Now I'm seeing five fifty for Lafreniere, and I mean I think that that's great odds. He's a, a guy who's who was a guy who certainly could have won coming into the year. The Rangers got off to a little bit of a slow start, but I can certainly see him picking up his game. You know, a dozen games. Into the season or so, going on an absolute tear. This kid is unbelievable. He's he's just young. He's a rookie. So when it comes to the battle between him and Kaspersov, Kaspersov is what twenty four years old. He's yeah, More exactly. of an established player. Played many years in the KHL. Has played against men. This is kind of a new thing for Lafreniere. So he's still kind of pick it. You know, pick up the NHL game at this level, playing amongst men. But I, I still think that he is a solid, solid candidate to win this award. If it's not um, Kaspersov, so. And at plus 550, I think that's tremendous value.
0: Yeah, and and you talk about Romanov, the kid in Montreal, the defenseman, who came over from the KHL last year, didn't play, but now he's in their lineup. He's been a stud back there for the Canadians. And if he continues doing what he's doing, he's playing a lot and a quality blue lineman. You talk about the Canadians, their D and their goaltending, as good as it gets in the NHL. And Romanov, a big part of that. He is plus 1,300. Now let's look at the Art Ross, and I mean... McDavid at plus 170, the heavy favorite. McKinnon at plus 480 and seidel at plus 600, even though he's had a little bit of a slow start to the year. The leaders in scoring at this point in the season are two Buffalo Sabres and two Toronto Maple Leafs. Of course, I'm talking about Taylor Hall and Jack Eichel and John Tavares and Mitch Marner. Marner and Eichel going off at plus 1500. I'm seeing Taylor Hall all the way at plus 3400 to take down the Art Ross and Tavares. I can't even find him. He's plus 6200. Not that I would advocate betting on any of those guys. Maybe save Eichel, who I truly believe could make a run this year. But where do you see the value, if at all, on betting on the Art Ross or are you just back in the chalk in Connor McDavid?
2: I would probably keep going with the chalk in and, and McDavid, but I think you nailed it when you said if there was one of these guys who a little bit down the board who you may feel confident in that could end up winning it, it is Jack Eichel. This kid is unbelievable. And because he's playing in Buffalo, such a you know a smaller market and it's not within the Canadian market, he, he kind of gets overlooked. And the fact that he was second to McDavid and he hasn't won yet, hasn't been in the playoffs, you know a lot of people don't think about Jack Eichel as one of the elites in the league, but he really is. And this year, he finally has someone to play within Taylor Hall, and they're just three games into the season, but the guy's got six points these three games, Taylor Hall also six points, so they're gelling real quick and in a short 56 game season, if they can just, you know, get going early and really build upon uh, this lead, or I guess not really a massive lead but build upon the play that they've had so far and just keep it going, I truly believe that Jack Eichel may be a solid bet to try and win this Art Ross and if you think that he can win an Art Ross I mean, you may even want to sprinkle a little bit on the Hart Trophy
0: Yeah, because I think it's pretty safe to say that if Eichel's winning the Art Ross, the Sabres are making the playoffs, and you can find Eichel at plus 1,000, the fifth best odds to win the Hart Trophy at this point. All right, let's get to our conference championship picks. Who will be in the Super Bowl? Al's brother, give me your
2: AFC and NFC representative. I think it's going to be the Buffalo Bills taking on the Green Bay Packers. I'm I'm with you,
0: man. I'm with you. That's what the Big E had to say as well a little bit earlier in the program. I forgot to ask Luke. That's my bad, Luke, if you're still listening. But I like the Bills, and I like the Pack as well, and what a Super Bowl that would be. Basically, any Super Bowl matchup, any theoretical Super Bowl matchup will be incredible because of the quarterbacks involved and the history between all of these teams. But man... A a Bills even a a Bills uh Bills Bucks Super Bowl would be hilarious too considering Tom Brady's dominance over the Buffalo Bills over the last twenty years but it's a brand new ball game for both the Bucks and the Bills our ball game is at the bottom of the ninth inning oh the final pitch and the game is over that's the end of the Edge for tonight's. Program. Al's brother shaking his head. You're right. It was really lame. I apologize. My name is Aaron Uh Thanks to the Big E, Eric Cohen, to Luke Bellis, and to Mike DiStefano, a.k.a. Mickey Canuck, a.k.a. Al's brother, for all of his hard work. We will be back Tuesday night, one week from tonight. No show on Friday, but we'll be ready to rock on Tuesday for more hard-hitting analysis and winning picks. We'll be back then, and we'll chat with you then on The Edge.